to hear your voice speaking to us today. I thank you for helping us. Give us ears to hear what's in your heart. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you've been here uh, for the last several weeks, you know that we've been talking some about the throne of God and about the end of the age in which I'm convinced we're living when all things are coming to a head and how God in the book of Revelation spoke to the apostle John and he said, John, I want to show you things that are getting ready to happen on the earth. And then there was a door that was opened in heaven and God said to John, come up here. I'm going to show you some stuff that's going to happen. And the first thing that God shows John is a throne and God seated on the throne. And we said that if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, the first thing and the most important thing you and I need to know about what's going to happen in the future is that God forever and ever will be seated on his throne. That is the future of all things. That's the good news. God's not moving. He's forever settled in his place as God. And he wanted John to know that because he was going to show John some of the practical things, the the conflicts that would happen at the end of the age. But before he showed John all that stuff, John, I want your heart anchored in this revelation that I am seated on my throne and I will forever be. And I want you to know that so you'll be able to navigate the troubles that are coming. I don't want you led by fear and anxiety and all kinds of worries because people make choices based on those things. And God said, I don't want you operating that way. I've called you into a higher place, a better place. And that word exists for us as God's people as well. So we have been and we are going to continue heading into the new year. We're going to be flowing out of that place because not only did John see a throne and God seated on the throne, but John saw 24 smaller thrones around the throne and on those thrones seated 24 elders. And that is a picture of the priesthood of believers. I'm convinced of that. I'm not going to take the time to go and show all that again scripturally. If you're interested, go to the internet, watch it. You can get the detail. But it's clear to me that that represents a people who've put God at the center because the throne was in the middle and they were seated around the throne. They have God at the center and his government is now being extended to them and their government and they have a role to play in the end of the age. And we're saying that we as people have a role to play. When God is at the center, then we'll have his heart and his thoughts for the rest of the world who's in trouble and in need. And so... Seeing him, the power of seeing him seated on the throne. His power will change your life. Power will it will empower you to do the things God's called you to do at a very critical time in history. So today, because we're in this wonderful season, Christmas, uh, when all the world in some form or another has to acknowledge something happened 2,000 years ago, this baby was born that has shaken history, changed history forever. And because it's that season and because we've been talking about seeing God on his throne, I thought it would be a good place to go today. Uh, It seemed good to me and it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, right? 
that uh, we talk about those who got to see the babe and the power it had on them. Now get, catch this. It changed them forever, seeing the babe. What's going to happen when we see the risen Christ? If the babe could change things, what about the risen Christ and the people who've beheld him and are seeing him? So, <clears throat> three people I want to just check out with you this morning. We're going to just take a moment and kind of hear their stories, look at them for a moment. It's all good traditional stuff here, Christmassy in nature. I hope you appreciate your pastor working hard to fit Christmas into his messages. I mean, come on. But anyways, here we are. We're going to talk about the shepherds. They got to see him. We're going to talk about Simeon. Remember Simeon? Eight days after Jesus was born, when it was time to circumcise the male firstborn child, they brought him, and Simeon got to see him. And then we're also going to talk about the wise men who also got to see him. You know, it's interesting because all three of these groups of people uh, had some common things. And I believe these common things set a template, if you will, for us who are longing to see him at this time of year and throughout our lives. You know, let me just say this to you. Week after week, those of you who call this your local church, maybe you go to church somewhere else, but week after week we assemble, we come together, we worship, uh, we listen to the word and whatever, and the reason, hopefully, the reason for that is that you're longing to see him. Right? Understand, you know, John had an open heaven experience, was caught up to God, and had this amazing revelation of the one seated on the throne. And you might say, well, that's John, but I'm just me, you know. And I've not had that experience, and maybe I never will have that same kind of experience. But guess what? We have been called to see him. And are coming together, line upon line, moment by moment. If I can walk out of here today having had one more glimpse, something new, something I've never seen before, something I didn't understand before, just one little insight about him as he is. The Bible says when we see him as he is, we will become like him. There's actually power to change your life when you see him. That's really what happened to these three groups I've just mentioned. They saw and they were changed. And I'm here to say today that our coming together is not in vain. If you'll pay attention today, I believe this, by the Holy Spirit, you'll get to see a piece of Jesus you've never seen before. And that's not a light thing. Has the power to change you. Has the power to change me. So, all three of these groups have something in common. They all had help seeing him. All of them had help seeing him. Second thing they had in common was they all actually saw him. It's not just a wild goose chase. If God says, I want to show you the Christ child, or if God says to you and me here now in our generation, I want you to see my face. You know, the Bible says, seek my face. You think God's just got us on a wild goose chase? He's just going to string us along? No, the, the, the beautiful, powerful part of looking at these guys' stories is that God said, come here, I want to show you the Christ child, and then they actually got to see him. I love that part of it. 
Because I'm not just spending my life in some vain pursuit. What God has promised, I know I'm going to have it. I'm going to see him in his glory. So they all got to see him. And when, here's the third thing that I just kind of noticed that they all had in common. When they saw him, they were empowered to do what God called them to do. When they saw him, they were empowered. So, first group, the shepherds. Are you with me this morning? Come on. Because these things, I know it's, it's easy to talk about historical stuff and look back, but if you don't take the, the time and the effort today say, okay, that's me. God wants me to hear that today. So the shepherds, you know the story. It's Christmas, right? And there were, I'm in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 8. If you want to come out tonight, I'll quote the entire Christmas story by God's grace with a few words misplaced. But it'll be close. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Uh, That's tonight, but not now. So here we are, Luke 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And here it is again. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So I started off by telling you all these groups of people that got to see him had something in common. And one is they all had help. Amen? They all had help. You know, it's so freeing to me to realize that God's not asking me to do something he's not willing to help me to do. That's wonderful. That's good news. And so here, these guys are just out there watching their flocks by night. Watching their flocks. Just being faithful and responsible with what they've been given to do. Some of you here today need to hear that. You think, is there any blessing or benefit in me just steady plowing in my life. I'm here to tell you today, yes, God sees you faithfully watching and being responsible with the stuff he's charged you to do. That's where these shepherds were. They were just doing their their stuff that they had. And all of a sudden, 
the heavens opened and the angel of God, here comes the help of heaven saying, lo, you know, there's good news here. A savior has been born. And you, and, and then all these other angels came and, you know, glory to God. And you know, think about these poor shepherds. I mean, they're just there going, oh my gosh, what is all this? And they're just in awe, you know, and they're getting all of this amazing revelation. Now, now I realize that, you know, my preaching today is not as glorious as all of that. But I'm hoping that it's some help to you today. Just the same. I don't know if you can see it for what it is, but I believe God sent me here to help you and to help me to see him. And if I could sing glory to God in the highest, I'd do that for you. But think of it. Heaven helps us see him. Heaven helps us see him. So they got this news, and then with the news, they got some instruction. A Savior's born. Now I'm telling you where he is, how you'll find him, what he looks like. I'm going to give you the specifics. I love this fact that God wants to give us the specifics we need to get where we're going to see him. Help came from above to see him. And they went, and just as God said, they found him. And once they had seen him, first they heard about him. That's us today many times, right? We're hearing, you know, preachers and teachers and things, you know, we hear about him. All that comes to encourage us to take some steps. Right? We're just waiting for heaven to come and, you know, happen where we are. But God's saying, I'm going to show you some things, and then I want to know if you're interested enough to start taking some steps to see him. Because if you will, God's not going to be found a liar. You're going to see him as he is. Once they had seen him, it says, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard them wondered, marveled at what they said. Powerful. You want to talk about being empowered. These guys became fiery evangelists the day they saw him. So first they had an invitation, then they went and followed through with it, and all of a sudden these guys are boldly preaching in such a way that people are actually listening, wondering, marveling. Now as a pastor, I can tell you there's a difference between speaking and having people listening. That was the cue for those of you that are nodding. Nobody's nodding here today. But there is a difference. All who heard them marveled at the things, wondered. They were in awe. Why? Because there was such conviction, such zeal. Let us tell you what happened to us. We've seen him. God spoke to us about his destiny, who he is. They were empowered by that. And then they went on their way glorifying and praising God. God, I tell you, the more we see him, even though it might come in layers and little bits here and little bits there, the more we see him, the more of a worshiping, praising, glorifying God kind of people we're going to be. You can't see him and then idly go about your own way. You cannot do that. If you've really seen him, and if you really want to see him, God so wants, you know, people say, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> well, I could use this and I could use that. How about I want to see him? I want to see him as he really is. Well, 
okay, that's nice. I don't think you're going to get to do that until heaven. You know, I don't believe that's the way this works. I believe Jesus many times is showing up right in the midst of us and we don't even know he's there because we don't realize his very heart is to be among us. So they had help. They followed through with instructions and they got where they were going and saw him and they were changed and empowered by it. So we have a group that we're watching and now we've got a guy that's waiting. Watching and waiting. Simeon, remember Simeon? Simeon's been hanging out for years waiting for the Messiah to come. And the Bible says that Simeon, the Holy Spirit was upon him and the Holy Spirit had spoken to him that he would not die, physically die, until he had seen the Messiah. That was his promise, and he was living. Now, talk about somebody having some help. The Holy Spirit was on him. Guess what? Holy Spirit's in those of us who believe. Not only on, he's in us. So we've got this help, right? And with the help came a word to Simeon. Simeon, you're going to get to see him. I don't know how it hits you, but for me, I've got this thing stirring in me. John was caught up. Come up here. I want to show you things. And he sees the throne and God changes him forever. And I believe right now God's saying to us, I want to show you my son in a whole new way. I want to break off of you that religious mindset where you've got Jesus in this nice little compartment and there's no power to change you because your life keeps going on the same old, same old. And God's saying, if you'll let me, I'll strip away that powerless image and I'll replace it with a real image. My Holy Spirit's here to help you and help me. That's what Jesus is saying. He's come to help us. Come to help us. So, so Simeon had the Holy Spirit on him. It's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, just past where we were reading from the Christmas story. Had the Holy Spirit on him, and then he had a word from the Holy Spirit saying, here it is. You're going to get to see him. You can read it, Luke 2 and 25. And, uh, and then, interestingly, it says in verse 27, and he came. So here, here's, the, here's the picture. Joseph and Mary have baby Jesus, eight days old. This is right after, you know, his birth. They take him to the temple as the custom is for circumcision and dedication of the child. And they bring him. And Simeon is just hanging out with a word from God. You ever feel like you're just hanging out with a word from God? Right? So we had the shepherds watching their flocks by night. Now we've got Simeon waiting. You know, you're, you're going to find yourself in one of these places. You're either watching waiting, or like the wise men, you're walking. Watching, waiting, walking. But you're somewhere today. You're somewhere today. Maybe with a word, maybe with a promise, maybe with a little seed God dropped in your heart somewhere that one day something's going to change you forever and it's seeing him. God, I'm longing to be the man or the woman you've called me to be in fullness. I'm longing that when I would walk into a room, people wouldn't see me, they would see Jesus. I'm longing to see my family converted because of your presence dripping off of my life. I'm longing for that kind of grace, Lord, that I believe is promised to me in the scripture. Let me tell you, wherever you may be today, watching, just being faithful, 
waiting like Simeon. I've got a word from God. And there he was. And what it says in verse 27, I, I love this. So Jesus comes in the arms of Mary and Joseph. And the Holy Spirit, again, the helper, directs Simeon right out to the part of the temple where they are. And immediately he knows this is the one. Thank God for help, huh? To see him. Thank God for the help we need to see him. Otherwise, if you don't you know, realize we, we have this kind of help that God's actually wanting us to see him, that it's possible to see him, if you don't realize that, you'll get pretty discouraged because the world and all of its stuff is flashing in our face saying, see me, see me. But we have this wonderful promise. And Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. So how was Simeon helped? He was empowered to wait by a promise he had received from the Lord. He was helped and guided, just like the shepherds were empowered by the angels and guided to the place. Here we have Simeon empowered to wait and empowered to see him at the place where he was actually physically going to be. I love the idea that Simeon was, had his promise said this, he would not die until he had seen him. And after he sees him, he says, God, what else is there? I got nothing else I'm waiting for. You know, one day I'd like to own a Porsche. One day I'd like to have this. One day I'd like to have that. You know, we've got all of our, our, our eyes on all these temporal little things. And Simeon has such an, in, uh, an insight. He says, once I've seen him, there's nothing more. There's nothing higher. There's nothing better. There's nothing that will satisfy the deep longings and cravings of my heart but him. And Simeon understood that. And when he saw him, he said, it's okay. I can check out now. Wow. Death has no power over those who've seen him. We're, not, we're no longer living all of our lives in the fear of death, in control by death. What will happen? Here, Simeon gets such a release from temporal earthly things. I've seen him. Now I can go in peace. Glory to God. I don't have to be anxious about anything else because my life's purpose, I've just beheld. And notice, right after he says these things, he says, I can go in peace. He starts, his ministry really just starts. <laughs> He starts prophesying. This child is given for the fall and the rise of many. He exhorted and encouraged Mary. Mary, your heart's going to be pierced through, but it's going to be worth it. He's prophesying and declaring the purposes of God. You talk about empowerment from seeing him. You say, Pastor, what's all this about right now at Christmas? I'm here to tell you we have opportunities galore right now and throughout the rest of our lives to see him. 
I'm here to tell you that heaven wants to help us see him. Amen. I'm here to say that if we'll simply follow the path heaven lays out, it's not a wild goose chase. If heaven says, stay here and wait, Simeon, your life, gosh, it seems like I'm spending years just waiting and praying. I've got this word, and I think I'm a kook, and people think I'm a kook. You know, how long are you going to stay at that little church over there? Why don't you go on and get a life somewhere? Why don't you go do something to impress the world? You know why? Because God said, stay. And God said, walk. And God said, wait. That's why. You're going to actually spend your life that way? Yeah, guess what? And my hope is this. My hope is that in the fullness of time, something's going to happen. And it is already happening. Line upon line, I tell you, there's change going on. And in it all, there's such a release coming that earthly things cannot hold us. You know, John, the revelator who saw the throne of God, they couldn't kill the guy. You know, they tried to kill him. They actually tried, history tells us, they tried to boil John in boiling oil. And he wouldn't boil. Think about that. I mean, it was, just, it was just a skin treatment for him. It was just kind of like getting the pores, you know. Talk about supernatural. Wow. They didn't know what to do with him. So they put him out on an island, the Isle of Patmos, and there he is, you know. And then the guy that puts him there dies. <laughs> Hello. And then John finishes his course as an old man, exhorting the churches glory to God tell you when you've seen him we'll get freed up I tell you where God's people are some of the most hung up people that's a sad statement hung up insecure full of fears full of worries running around like little chickens oh Jesus the only way to change that is a view of him as he is God thank you I may have to walk like the shepherds as I'm waiting there watching and all these things but you know what at the end of the day God it's going to be worth it because in my heart of hearts I know you're not a man that you should lie and what you've promised you're going to deliver and it's going to change me I love the fact that the shepherds preached right after they saw him. Simeon begins prophesying. There's power for your ministry calling in seeing him as he is. And then he's not afraid to lose his life. You know, I was thinking about Stephen, the first Christian martyr, who actually saw him. The heavens opened. And he said, I see the Son of Man. And this time, he's not sitting. I see him standing. As if to say, well done, Stephen. Well done. And when he sees him, guess what? Death loses its grip. The Bible says they ran upon him to stone him, and Stephen just fell asleep before they had the, the, the privilege of killing him, God said, 
I'm not even going to give you that privilege. I'm going to just take him, and you can throw stones at him afterwards, but he's mine. Boom. He's mine. Stephen, whose face shone like an angel. Tell you, that's, that's a man living in pursuit of the living God. I want to see you as you are, Lord. I'm not going to settle for dead, dry religion. I'm not going to settle for the predictable. I want to see the risen Christ in all of his glory. Heaven loves that pursuit and loves that prayer. The last group, so we've talked about the shepherds. They were watching their flocks by night. And we talked about Simeon who was waiting for the consolation of the Messiah to come, of Israel, the Redeemer to come. And now we've got these wise men. They also had help. Think of it. The star that appeared. They would have never known there was a king being born. They would have never known how to get to him if they hadn't had heaven's help, the star that appeared in the sky. And there it is. You know, it's Christmas time, right? You're going to see stars everywhere. You're going to see shepherds everywhere. You might not see Simeon, but now maybe you will. These are just memory things to jog your memory and say, you know what? This is not just history here. This is my life. And here we have these wise men who get some help from heaven. A little star lights up the sky and they all begin to journey because they know what it means. That's the wisdom God's given them that, that a king is born. And they make their way. And as they get there, they're met by somebody whose motives are not good. Motives are not good. You know, I find like Herod. You remember Herod. He's jealous over the news. A king is born. I find today that the world systems are jealous for the attention Jesus is getting. And they're all trying to interrupt. You know, we'll go ahead and we'll use his name and we'll use, and not even so much anymore, but we'll use the moment that everybody's going to exchange gifts, the theme that's going here, and we'll capitalize on that for our own benefit to take the attention away from, from where it belongs. And that's just the same old, same old stuff. This is what was going on with Herod. He was jealous for his power and his authority. Another king? What do you mean another king? I'm the, I'm the king. I'm the one ruling. I'm in power here. I can't have a, another king coming up. And I tell you, the world, there's a conflict going on right now for who's going to rule and who's going to reign. If you come out on Christmas Eve, I'm going to talk about the increase of his government. Glory to God. Of which there shall be no end. And there'll be peace as, in, as a result of that government. So here we have this, these wise men. They're on their way. Have you, have you ever been on your way to see him and somebody gets in the way with a wrong motive? You know, come on, it's Christmas. All I want to do is have a good time. I want to worship the Lord and I want to be with my family and I got all this other stuff I got to wade through. All these things competing for the attention that belongs to him. The world is full of competition right now for my attention flashy this I mean I you know before I had a smartphone I thought it was bad back then now my smartphone is so smart that it's telling me about the latest sales at the latest moments and I'm like how do I shut this stuff off I need a young person to help me after the service actually I'm delete yeah I'm tired of deleting I mean just shut the thing off throw it in the toilet but then I got all my contacts in there and that didn't work too well so but you know it's, it's like 
constantly, constantly, constantly. So the wise men get the help they need. They come out of their meeting with Herod, whose motive is bad and false. And the star was out there waiting for them, faithfully a witness in the sky, and the star continued to guide them right where they needed to be. And I'm telling you today, maybe you're having some of that challenge going on right now. God's waiting for you just to step back outside of all that stuff, get your eyes back on what he's saying and where he wants you to be, and he's going to help you and he's going to help me see him as he is. So in Matthew's gospel, these wise guys show up. <clears throat> now you got to know, I'm not going to take the time to dig all this out, but this is a couple years later. You know, we see all these manger scenes with, with wise men around them, but the truth of the matter is, when the wise guys showed up, we're a couple years down the road, okay? But they show up at a house, not a manger, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 11, and going, I, I, I hope I didn't just ruin your Christmas. I mean, some of you, I just felt that all of a sudden, they're going, I've got a manger scene with wise men at it. I'm offended. Please, keep your wise guys at the manger. It's all good. Can you put them away now? Yeah. You know, I think ultimately at the end of it all, everybody ought to gather around. Right? So put them all there. Yeah, put them all there. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 11. And going into the house, here's the wise men now, going into the house where Jesus was, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Notice how these guys were empowered. Remember, all of these groups we're talking about all were helped by the Lord and once they had seen him they were empowered to do something after they had seen him maybe you're here today and you're saying you know I really just want to do something and I don't feel motivated the way I need to be let me tell you where the key I believe to being properly motivated in the works of God it's having seen him pursuing him there's power to release us into something. And these guys who had traveled so far now were empowered to give extravagantly. You know, so many times we've just come through this uh, wonderful time of worshiping with our giving. And so many times, I don't, let's just be honest here today. Have you ever felt like giving sometimes is just kind of perfunctory, just duty, just, I know it's the thing I'm supposed to do. But let me tell you, these guys weren't having that kind of giving experience. That was not the kind of giving experience these guys were having. These guys had traveled so far. I mean, listen, if you've come this far, if you've come this far, I mean, I'm looking at some of you that I know personally. I know your lives. I know your testimonies. You've come a long way. 
a long way, absolutely by the grace and the encouragement of God and the star burning and whatever it is for your life. But God has been faithful to bring you along. We've not come this far to not end worshiping and being extravagant because we've seen him as he... Re I don't want to finish my life out tired and boring. What's the trick? What's the, you know, what's going to make the difference? Like John at 90, you know. Like the wise men who, who probably weren't young guys. The trick to me, and I, what I believe the Scripture is saying to us today, and the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, is as we see Him, you know, okay, we're not going to actually walk and see a baby in a manger physically. That's gone. It happened. It's done. But where we live, where we are in the course of God's plan and history as it is, where we are is now we get to see Him in one another. We get to see Him by the Scriptures, by the Spirit. God will encounter us. There's all kinds of ways for the manifestation of the Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit's job is to not speak of himself, but to speak of Jesus. He's constantly trying to show us Jesus. If we're willing to let him reveal him to us. Here a little maybe, there a little, and every now and then a big pop, you know. And then back to here a little and there a little. But I'm telling you, as that happens in our lives, seeing him, there's a power to change us. There's power to motivate us. You know, I've been, I got away for a couple days recently because I used to, about every six weeks I had a goal and I just so blew it, I gotta confess. But I had a goal of every six weeks I would go off for about three days and fast and pray. Just shut down and just get alone before God and listen. And I did it for a little while and then I fell into the trap of life and ministry and things and thought I could survive without it and I've by God's grace managed I mean I pray and I do my stuff but those getaways haven't happened and then they recently realized we're heading into a new year realizing you know we just sold this property realizing God's hand of blessing is on the school and I can see all these things happening I felt this calling come here I want to talk to you I'm like Lord I'm so busy he says, that's why I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to talk to you. Because you're moving too fast to hear what I'm wanting to say to you. Slow down, son. Get quiet. You know how hard it is to get quiet. I went up to Epworth-by-the-Sea. It's a Methodist retreat site, St. Simon's Island. And there was hardly nobody around. I mean, it was deathly quiet. I had a room right on the end, looking out over the river. It was beautiful. I've been there before, just a gorgeous spot. So check this out. So I woke up, two in the morning. I thought, wow, I can't sleep. What am I doing? Well, I'm up here to pray, so I'm going to get up and pray. So I walk over. There's this bay window. And right out here is a little dock with lights and the river running by. 
it's just gorgeous. And I, I step up into this little area. I'm thinking I'm getting ready to pray. And I look out there, and I see this strange object on the railing. And it's this huge stork. It's this bird. And he's there, and he's looking down. And guess what he's looking at? He's looking at trout feeding on bait under the lights of this dock at 2.30 in the morning. Okay? The water's just white with fish feeding. They're just eating bait all over the place. And then I remembered that in the back of my car, I had a revelation. I had a fishing pole. Now, I didn't bring it. Honestly, God's my witness. I didn't bring it thinking I was going fishing. It just happened to be there. And the battle was on. Prayer, quiet, alone, or you would understand. But there's a little backstory to this. And I, don't, I didn't intend to be here, but I am here. A week before I went fishing, just me and the Lord, I caught 23 slot redfish. These are big fish, 23 of them. It was, you can only keep two. That's what I said. Talk about sad. And that day I felt like heaven had kissed me. This was, this was a week or two prior. I just felt like, I said, God, that was just ridiculous. I mean, my, my hand was almost tired. You know, I mean, I mean, that was such an awesome day of fishing. It was just banner day. That was just amazing. I just felt like heaven was just smiling over me. And I thought, God, I don't, you know, you're just so good to me. I mean, just, yeah, it was heaven's birthday present to me. It was the day after my birthday, Connie. Thank you. And it was just like a kiss from heaven. So as I'm sitting here now, later, I've come aside to be alone with God. I'm woken up and there's the fish. I have to tell you, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the honest version here. I looked out there. I thought about it. And then I thought, those trout are nothing compared to those redfish we caught, Lord. That was such an awesome day with you. And I know that anytime I go fishing, when I've got you in my boat, life is good, man. So I'm not going to go chase after <laughs> trout because I've got you. I'm at, it was like something actually... I got delivered. Now, you don't appreciate this testimony. But I want you to know, there was like a deliverance that happened inside of my soul. I was just like, wow. The power of being with you and experiencing you is actually changing some stuff in me. Charlie, this message is for you. <laughs> I couldn't resist it, brother. It was just there, man. We're going to have an altar call now. All fishermen to the front. <laughs> You have to go to. <laughs> we let fisherwomen in too. <laughs> you know, I, you know it, I'm almost done. But isn't it interesting how all these earthly things are vying for our attention? If I can just get this and I can just have that, then I'll be happy. And the reality is, eh, it's good for a minute. It seems like, ah, how nice. New pair of clothes, new pair of this, new pair of that, whatever. And all of a sudden, it's just kind of like, Something's still missing. Let me tell you what only fills the place. The presence of Jesus Christ. Not the, not the, not the theology, not the 
you know, just about the, the presence of God in our lives. And he is so willing to help us. This is the wonderful message of Christmas. God so loved the world, he came to us. Can't make it there on your own. Got to have help. God's Christmas message. I'm going to try to quote this poem. just comes to mind. Forgive me if it doesn't come out perfect, but here it is anyways. How long and steep the stairs I trod, climbing up to find my God, gaining a foothold bit by bit, but then slipping back and losing it. Down to the lowest stair my fall, as if I had not climbed at all. And lying there in despair, I heard a footfall on the stair. And lo, when hope had ceased to be, my God came down the stairs to me. Isn't that beautiful? I tried so hard to get there and to do it, and I just gained a little ground, and I just fell all the way down, lower than I started. And in despair, God's footfall on the stair. Lo, when hope ceased to be, God came down the stairs to me. Father, today, here in this place, I thank you that we've not followed vain stories made by men, but that you yourself have come down to earth, reshaped history when you did it. The calendar itself changed when you entered the world. God, I thank you that not only did you come, but you lived and died to pay our debt and to give us a new hope and a new life for all who believe. Lord, I don't know every person in this room today, but I believe no one's here by accident. And I'm asking today, Holy Spirit, like the angels that appeared, like the star that led the wise men, like your hand on Simeon, that you'd help us today to get where we need to be. Lord, I pray that you would untangle us from every lesser earthly thing, every distraction, every false motive from a world system that's that's missed the point altogether. Lord, I pray that you'd help us all to get back where we're called to be beholding you, waiting for you, pressing in to see you for who you really are. I'm just going to ask you right here, it's just you got your eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning. And in your heart of hearts, you're saying, Pastor, I just, I don't know what it is, but I just feel so far away. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody here like that? Just let me see your hand. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Those of you who just lifted your hand, I'm, I'm not even going to ask you to come up here. I just want to pray for you right where you are. Several of you feeling this way today. If you don't know it, you need to know it today. God loves you. God's not mad at you. God came because he loves you and because he knows you can't do it on your own. And, I, and he wants you, if you don't know it already, he wants to come and be your savior in your heart. Bible's real plain. It says, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, who he is, that God sent him to die and to be a sacrifice for your sins and that he raised him from the dead. If you believe that, you can have a brand new life. That's simple. Sounds like it needs to be a lot harder than that, but that's what heaven says. It's an act of your will and a choice you make. God, I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. I'm going to ask everybody in this room to pray this prayer with me this morning. I know most of you have prayed this prayer more than once perhaps in your lifetime, but I just want to pray it together. Just an opening of our heart for salvation in the presence of God. Say this with me. Say, Father... I come today acknowledging my need. I know you're staring right into my heart. I can't make it alone. I've proven it over and over. I believe that you came to fill the void in my heart. I repent and I turn away from trying to fill that spot with other things. I invite you to come into my heart and fill that spot with Jesus. I believe that you died and you rose again as a sign that I'm forgiven, that I am loved. Condemnation cannot rest on me because I am forgiven and loved. I ask you now, Lord, to wash over me and wash away all shame and guilt and fill me afresh with your spirit. I want to see Jesus. I thank you for it. In your beautiful name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God.